Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I can't think of anything clever. I'm just BJ today. <laughs> and today uh, we're going to be talking about Dragon Quest XI a little bit, but a lot of Trails of Arise because I started playing it. I got super Tales of Arise. Tales of Trails Arise. Trails is different. Tra- yes. I, did I say Trails? You said trails. Okay, yeah. tales of arise. Yeah, sorry, I've been playing all those trails of cold steel games over the last like yep. year and a half. Uh, but tales oh, of yeah, arise. Yeah. And I've been in love with it more than any of the other tales games I've played, and probably more than any new emphasis on new JRPG that I've played since Dragon Quest Eleven. Like this is the first. Wow. This is the first new actual new JRPG that I've played. I'm just like, man, this is really good. And it actually has a lot in common with Dragon Quest XI. So it seemed like just kind of a natural uh, topic for this week's episode. And I haven't really had time to do episodes of JRPGs in me anymore. So this is kind of an episode of DQFM combined with what would be <laughs> kind of like a JRPGs in me episode where I'm just raving about Tales of Arise a bunch. <laughs> and I really love the the Tales games and the Trails games, but the the Tales games, and I've been looking forward to Tales of Arise, but I haven't picked it up yet because I haven't really been able to dig in on any kind of video game for an extended period of time, and I haven't wanted to spend the money. And with it being on PS5, I don't really sit in front of the TV and play very often. So um, I've thought about using the PS, uh, what is it, PS5 remote play or whatever on your phone since I have a backbone to see if that worked at some point. But it still takes the PS5 from Jennifer using the TV and blah, blah, blah. But I want to play it. It just hasn't worked out like in terms of circumstance to be able to play it yet. It's on PS4 as well. I don't know if that helps you with remote play or not. (laughs) Uh, a little bit, but I would play it on PS5 just for the better stuff. Like, we only have one TV, so it would, uh, like, then the PS5 is what we use as the media center. So I'd have to hook up the PS4 and, uh, like, where it wouldn't have a TV and then just use the remote play part. It would be a, a stupid hacky way around. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotcha. So anyway, before we jump straight into that, though, uh, we do have some, we've kind of gotten some Dragon Quest Twelve news a little bit here and there in the last couple days and wanted to mention that at least at the beginning of this week's episode just in case you know people haven't heard and are listening to the podcast and want some updates on that Uh, it's mostly kind of in my opinion boring developer stuff but like you know there's going to be multiple co-developers on Dragon Quest 12 and things like that but I was pleasantly surprised earlier in the week they confirmed that Orca was going to be a co-developer on DQ12, which I'm super excited about because they did Dragon Quest Eleven and Dragon Quest Eleven S. Oh, okay. So quality's I haven't be heard there. anything. Like, I've been disconnected, like, from... I haven't been on Twitter or barely on Discord or anything for a long time. Like, I've really been trying to limit my being on the internet time. And so I haven't heard any of this. Like, I haven't seen anything. I've not sought anything out for, like, basically any video game news. So this is new to me. Yeah, and Orca Orca has worked on some other Dragon Quest games before. They did, like, the first two versions, I think, of Dragon Quest X. But they're, I want to say, like, DQ11 and 11S is really where their, like, biggest, big roles came in. Uh, as a co-developer. And so the fact that they're being brought back in to do work on Dragon Quest 12, I think A, speaks to like how awesome of a job they did on DQ11, but also right. 
B has me excited because I thought they really did a really good job with with the uh, the co-development of Dragon Quest Eleven. I mean, I love that game. So, yeah, I mean, Eleven and Eleven S are just amazing games. That uh, I was really glad that I waited to beat the game with Eleven S. So, I mean, I'm that's awesome that they're going to be co-developers. Did they say anything about what? what parts of the game they're going to be working on versus uh, internal teams. No. And it's one of those things that it's so, it's like so early right now that it's basically like um, a, a lot of it is taken from like job listings and like sales calls, like, you know, and then translated oh, yeah. from Japanese and everything. And so it's like, it's hard to, in, to put too much of an investment into these kinds of things, but still it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's exciting just to hear anything new (laughs) yeah at this point just knowing what's going on with 12 is nice because we have a logo and a a kind of tone maybe so it's uh, interesting to know like they're they're moving forward in a way that we are we have we have precedent that it's really really good yeah so anyway uh tales of arise for the tales of arise portion i'm going to stay away from spoilers Number one, because of BJ, because I don't want to ruin it for you, because I know you do want to play this right. game eventually. I do but really also, want to get this one. Also, it's a new game, and so I don't want to just instantly start spoiling things for people um, who haven't had a chance to play it, because it's only like a couple of weeks old at this point. And, uh, and I'm not even... I am about halfway, a little bit more than halfway through the game at this point, I believe, just based on... I'm trying to 100% the game, so just based on how much oh. I, I have, based on how much stuff I've completed, like the skits I've watched and the the trophies related to the story line that I've completed, like I think I'm probably about halfway through the story at this point. Um, so I can think, you get 100% all the way on the first playthrough? Because I would assume there are some of the skits that you can't see unless uh, there are certain conditions met that you may be able to miss out on or something like that. So it only takes one. I looked it up first of all, because, you know, it's a tells game. And yeah. so I was like, you know, I don't want to try to platinum this if it's going to take <laughs> like, yeah. you know, three playthroughs. But this one is pretty, this one kind of going into what I was going to talk about here. This one is like the most easily accessible tells game that I've like ever played. And I've played a oh, good. lot of them. And one of the ways that that happens is also through its trophy list because there okay. there only there's only two missable trophies that I know of. Uh, one is related to an owl that you can find. I'm going to talk about owls in a second, and then another one. The other one is related to skits because okay. you get a trophy if you view 300 skits. There's 300 and like 23 skits in the game. Oh, okay. So you have some wiggle room to miss a few if you if you you know miss out on them, but you can do it all in one in one playthrough. You don't have to worry about that. Also, the difficulty level doesn't matter. So if you want to play the whole thing in easy, you can. If you want to play the whole thing in normal, you can. It doesn't matter. There's no trophy for, Good. like, beat the final boss in hard mode. Uh, that oh, you, I hate those. I know, I do too. And this one doesn't have that. So all of that is really good. And skits, for those of you who maybe have not played a Tales game before, are a lot like... Uh, this was uh, this was another thing I was going to bring up. They're a lot like DQ11's party chat. They mm-hmm. are completely optional. You don't have to you don't have to do them at all. And in, in Tales of Arise, you'll just get a little ping over in the bottom corner on PS5, and I assume it's this way for PS4. You tap the R1 button, and you can view that skit. And then Tales of Arise does 
very rarely it's like you'll go through sections where it's like okay there's like hour of gameplay here and there's no skits and then you'll walk into a new area and then suddenly there's like six to view back to back and that's kind of annoying in in tales games like i love me some tales games and that is one of the most annoying things in them is having so many back to back that show up because i don't want to miss them that I love the character development that happens between them and the storytelling. And I hate it when there are like four or five or six of them where I'm just like, well, this is cool and all, but I kind of wanted to explore this city. I don't know. It's been a while since I played a Tales game. The last one that I played was the uh, Vesperia remaster. Mm -hmm. And then before that, it was like uh, Zesteria. And I guess Zesteria was the last one I played right before Vesperia. And then there was... Versaria. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I really like uh, Vesperia. It's uh, it's one of those that I keep picking away at because I was going really hard through it and I loved it. And then I play. I decided, oh, I'm going to play uh, Berseria. I got it cheap on a PlayStation sale. And the combat system in Berseria is so much better that when I swapped back to Vesperia on the Switch, it was like, oh, oh, this. This isn't this isn't as good, and so I haven't gone back to it because I still had that Berseria combat in my uh, like on my fingies, and so <laughs> I needed I needed I needed time to get away from it because yeah. Berseria is is a much it's not a bad combat system, but it is much worse than than the one in Berseria. Oh yeah, I mean it's like what there's like three four games tells games between. I guess there's two yeah, between so. Vesperia, there was, the original Vesperia and Berseria. So there's wasn't there there Zillia. Uh, there was Zillia. Is there Zillia too? Uh, mm -hmm. Vesp not Vesperia. Uh, Zesteria and Berseria between them, uh, I believe, is the order. I think maybe. That sounds right to me. Either way, there, there's quite a few. So, so yeah, I mean, I liked Vesperia. Vesperia was probably my favorite Tales game until I've played Tales of Arise. And I think that Tales of Arise is going to be, for the Tales series, what Dragon Quest Eleven was for Dragon Quest. Like, for I sure. think, because Tales has been consistently putting out some good JRPGs for, like, 25 years. And this is, like, a game that has like this celebratory 25th anniversary logo when you boot it up and all that kind of stuff. Oh, like cool. Fantasia would be be 26 this December. So don't ask Man. me why I know that, but <laughs> but anyway, so it's so it's been out for a long time, but it's like never clicked as big as Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, and I think Tales of Arise will be the game kind of like Dragon Quest 11 was for the West here, where I think a lot of people are going to get into this series now because of this. And even if mm -hmm. they haven't played any other Tales game, they're going to play Tales of Arise. Kind of like there's, you know, so many people now who maybe haven't played other Dragon Quest games, but they've played Dragon Quest Eleven. I think Tales of Arise is is that for the Tales series now. Yeah, at least in the West, because in Japan, it's already really popular. But it's not like as popular the... as Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. No, no, no. I was actually, I, that's what I was about to say. Like, it's, I think, the third best-selling series of JRPGs in Japan. And that's by a distant margin compared to the others. But in terms of, like, popularity, it, it is way up there. It's very, very good. Like, I played 
the first one, Tales of Fantasia, before it was released in America. Uh, way back when they didn't want to put anything in English, there were fan translations of it uh, on emulators in the uh, 90s. Uh, and so I played uh, Tales of Fantasia on an emulator through uh, all the way through, and I loved it. So I've been a fan for not quite 26 years, but 22, maybe 23. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't play a whole lot of them until probably a few years ago and went back and played through a bunch of them. Uh, but man, I loved the first one when it was uh, when it was on Super Nintendo. Or uh, I guess Super Famicom because it was on <laughs> Super Nintendo. So I looked it up because I remember us talking about the best-selling JRPGs in Japan, and I knew Tales wasn't on that list when we were back when we were talking about them. And Tales is is kind of far down the list compared to some other. Is ones. it? Yeah, uh, Pokemon is number one if you consider that a JRPG, and I get that it is, but for some reason Pokemon is like so far removed from the typical JRPG formula that I don't even think of that as being one. Yeah, I never even think about it. And then you have Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy. Apparently Monster Hunter and Kingdom Hearts are both bigger than Tales games. Souls games from software. I mean, it's technically, you know, a Japanese RPG, <laughs> even though th- that to me, uh, I can I think of those as more Western, even though I, I get yeah. that they're technically JRPGs. And then Tales is after all of those with the... Uh, with the Megami Tensei games, and I guess Persona's grouped in... Oh, no, Persona's not grouped in there. So the Megami Tensei games are right behind those. And then you have things like Yokai Watch, and then way, way down the list a little bit further, you have like Persona, um, and then the Zeno games, things like that. I'm so mad that things like Souls and uh, uh, Monster Hunter are considered JRPGs. Uh, like, I hate them. And I hate Dude, that Monster Hunter like, Stories was super good. Stories, yes. The actual games are action games. It those drives like me RPGs. absolutely crazy, crazy that those are considered RPGs. Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't. That's, that's one of my hills that I die on, and I get into arguments with people on the internet all the time because Monster Hunter plays like a friggin' action game and not even an action RPG to me. And uh, it. it Oh, it drives me crazy. Monster Hunter Stories, yeah, it's totally an RPG. But man, I get so irritated about that one. And the Souls games, I mean, they're RPGs, but they feel like Western RPGs. They feel like The Witcher, you know, the the Skyrim kind of uh, style. I mean, that's what they are, even though it's a Japanese developer. Oh, yeah, those those feel very far. Rem- Monster Hunter and the Souls games, too, feel way more Western to me. Um, I, I, I don't like the Monster Hunter games either. I just don't like the gameplay. But Stories... Yeah, same. Stories 2 was probably, I would have told you, was my favorite game I played this year until Tales of Arise came out. And now Tales of Arise wow. is, is by far my favorite game. I mean, it's it's the best game I've played in a very long time. Um, I loved Yakuza 7, y- Yakuza Like a Dragon last year. Yeah. But Tales of Arise is more the kind of JRPG that I like, you know, fantasy, bright and colorful kind of things. So as much yeah. as I loved Yakuza, I think Tales of Arise is probably... My favorite, again, new JRPG I've played since since Dragon Quest XI came out. I don't know. There's some Trails of Cold Steel games that I really love, too, that I guess are not technically new when I played them. <laughs> so, yeah. so, anyway, but who knows? I might Tales of Arise may end up even edging out the way I, how I feel about the Trails of Cold Steel games. And I love those games. So that just really speaks to, I guess, how awesome Tales of Arise is. But it is super good. That would be crazy. Like, I mean, it looks amazing on PS5. The game just looks really good. The combat, which is always my least favorite part of a Tales game. I just, which it's not necessarily a knock on Tales games. I don't like action RPGs very much. 
Like it takes a certain kind of action RPG to really make me like it. And outside of like yeah. Kingdom Hearts and Nino Kuni are like two action RPGs that I can think of that I actually like, but rarely do I really just like action RPGs. Final Fantasy Twelve yeah. is an action RPG I liked. It takes a very specific mood for me to want to play an action RPG that uh, I can generally sit down with a turn-based RPG much easier than I can an action one. And I think it's because I use them to relax and action RPGs uh, stress me out because I'm old and don't have a uh, the twitch reflexes I used to. One thing that I do like about Tales of Rise that I think has helped me like it so much, even though it's an action RPG, is yeah. you can so you can mess with the tactics already to, you know, it's very similar to Dragon Quest, go all out, you know, save, conserve MP and things like that. But there's a little bit more customizability with it. And on top of all that, you can also be completely manual, semi-auto or auto battle with your action stuff. Yes. And I love setting it on auto battle, but you still control like the, the more powerful like arts moves and things that the game gives you. Yeah. You can still control that and you can still do button presses yourself to like dodge out of the way to do counter edge attacks and things like that. Like you still have control if you want to press buttons, but you can just kind of let it. But for mobs, especially like where I'm at right now, I'm a little bit over leveled for it. And so it's, that taking down the enemies is just kind of boring. So I have it set to just auto battle through all of it. And I still, I still, I always like try to like in games like this, I try to like fight the enemies anyway, just to like uh, keep gaining experience and, and gold is what it's called. Sure. Entails. Yeah. And, uh, and get that kind of stuff. And so I still, how's your gold bladder doing? <laughs> so I still, I still do that uh, in the game, but I have it set to auto battle. And I think that's kind of, helped with uh, some of the action RPG stuff where I have that option where it's not just like, okay, I have to manually do these button presses and do this stuff. It's like, I have the option to let it just auto fight for me. And uh, so that's, that's been a really nice thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really appreciate a lot of the combat improvements in this game. And it's just, it's a lot faster than previous entries I feel like. And so I, I really like all that stuff. And that's really good because the combat in Berseria really felt fast to me, uh, especially compared to other Tales games. And that I'd just kind of gotten, like as I was playing Vesperia, but I'd just gotten off of playing like Abyss, and uh, which I love and I know that you'll hate, but uh, Abyss and Hearts and some of those. Uh, but it's nice to know that it's sped up a little bit and made a little bit more accessible with the auto with the auto battle. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I have a little bit more to say about this game, but before we do that, I think it's a good time for some shameless self-promotion. Oh, we're so shameless. We're so shameless. We're so shameless. Listen to us. Power ballad. <laughs> <laughs> We do have a Patreon page. You can visit patreon.com slash dragonquestfm if you want to help support this podcast. Quite a few people have asked about the Dragon Quest-inspired TTRPG we were working on that we talked about like months ago, and we are still working on it. And I posted an update to that on our Patreon page that's public for anybody to view. So if you're curious in that you can and don't want to support the podcast, you can still go over there and, and read about that. But we just had quite a few people asking it us about it all around the same time and no we haven't forgotten it we're still working on it in our free time so it's just kind of a slower process but we are doing it <laughs> free time also i wanted to mention for a community spotlight 
this week, our buddy Kevin. Uh, he goes by Kevin online on Twitter and his YouTube channel. The O is a zero. Uh, he's been working towards getting a thousand subs on his YouTube channel. He's really, really close. And he's got Dragon Quest videos on there uh, and Office videos. And I love The Office too. Uh, so check him out. I'm going to try to remember to put the links there to uh, to Kevin's channel. Uh, but it is, I think it's youtube.com slash Kevin online. Again, it's a zero there for the online part. And then photo. Kevin online photo is the URL, I believe for his YouTube channel, but uh, give him a sub because he's like 10 subs away from hitting a thousand and he wants to hit a thousand and he's like one of the nicest people in the entire world. So give him some support. One day we're going to have to have the nicest people in the whole world like fight because uh, the DQ community is full of so many of those and we're just going to have to uh, be like, who's the nicest of them all and just see what people do to win that title. Well, if they're all nice, they won't fight. They'll just all sit there and we'll all just get old and die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that sounds both wonderful and horrible. Yeah, and then the ones that do fight will be like, oh, you weren't really a nice guy after all. <laughs> <laughs> See, and so someone will win. Yeah, maybe, unless none of them fight. Uh, also, uh, I got another weekly Dragon Quest post up this week that I wanted to mention. I tried to talk about Dragon Quest Twelve a little bit and what kind of features I wish they would put into Twelve from past games. Uh, if you know me at all, you can probably see where I'm going uh, with this. I love, you know, vocation. So, of course, I mentioned that. Monster taming, which, you know, I think can make a comeback. Uh, maybe not in such a big capacity as it was in 5, but I definitely think it could be a fun, uh, like, side gig, mini game kind of content to do with Dragon Quest Twelve. Bigger crafting improvements uh, off the Fun Size Forge, things like that. Anyway, I wrote a post about it, so you can check that out if you want. Um, heading back over into this week's episode, though. Going back to what I initially wanted to talk about at the beginning, and then we just kind of got sidetracked talking about all the other Tales stuff, is that one thing I really love about Tales of Arise is they have these owls. They're called Domin, Domin Owls. I don't know. Danon? Danon Owls. There you go. Because it's like Danon, like, because I always think mm, about Like yogurt. Like Danimals, yeah. Mm. Anyway, there's owls that you can find. And they're a lot. They are Danimals. They're, they're owls. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and. They're a lot like Tockles in 11S where you can find them oh. you can find them hidden, sometimes not so hidden, uh, in cities, outside. And you talk to them, but instead of giving you a password and unlocking like a page to the Altar of Ages or whatever, you get cosmetics for yourself. And oh. there's 38 owls, I think, in the whole game. And right now I'm so at like 20-something uh, with them, but I've been, I've been really enjoying it. I love those kinds of mini games where you just can find stuff. Uh, as you're playing through. That's been a lot of fun. Some of the owls, though, they all hoot different ways. And I'm just going <laughs> to say, there's a few owls that hoot very sexually. And it's really, <laughs> it's really weird. Like, it's a, like I don't know why. <laughs> got, like, got them sexy hoots going on. Especially, yeah, they do. There's like two or three different owls that have like really sexy hoots. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> why did they do this? <laughs> Give me an example. You're gonna have I, no, to. I want to. I want you to make. I want you to make a sexy hoot for no, me. No, I'm not. But it's very. It's very like sexual moaning noises with hooting, and I'm just like, man, like, I, I do not know who thought this was a good idea, but it's sure in there. <laughs> and but it, each hoot does kind of have like a unique little, like you know, hoot. I guess uh, like it, it's a unique sound there. There's if you've never played a Tales game before and like maybe you've only played Dragon Quest Eleven as your Dragon Quest game, you're gonna see some similarities also just in the way 
that you run around and explore. Like it's somewhat, it's kind of like 11 where it's sometimes linear and sometimes not, where it's not quite open world, but there's like bigger areas to kind of explore in if you want, if you don't want to just stick to the road, you know? Yeah. There's campsites with a merchant nearby. So if you, you know, sit and rest and cook your food and stuff like that, there's a merchant that you can always talk to that lets you like forge weapons, uh, buy items. You can also, once you unlock the ranch, you can use it to, uh, to like raise and, and, I guess harvest your livestock if you want to. Yeah, and it's actually. I always hate the idea that it's a harvest, though. It kind of creeps me out. Like I know I'm, I eat meat and everything, but the idea of like a meat harvest, yeah, just meat harvest just, just doesn't weird. sound. Yeah, meat harvest just doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well. It, it, it doesn't. Meat harvest does not roll off the tongue as well as sexy hoots. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> And that's a pull quote. <laughs> anyway, there's all of this is in there. The ranch stuff, I actually was surprised that I liked because a lot of times I don't like those kind of like, I don't know, simulation type games and kind of like Yakuza. Like the reason I did not platinum Yakuza like a dragon was because there's this biz- business mini game that takes a lot of time. You like buy stocks, you recruit people to your company. It's very, oh, okay. it's very extensive took up way too much of my time, had way too much math involved. Like I just didn't want to do it. And so I didn't ever finish getting any of those trophies because I was just like, nah, I'll pass. And any of the related trophies that, you know, like unlocking a specific character that's related to that business mini game, I didn't ever get because I was just like, nah, hard pass. And Mm. so, but the ranch is like super simple. It sounds complicated and then you start doing it and it's really easy. You just dump some animals in the barn. You can choose which animals you want to dump in there. You give them some feed, which can you can either make them grow fast, make them grow a lot, or make them grow a lot and fast. And obviously that last one costs a bit more for food. And then eventually as time passes, it'll say your livestock is ready and you can like harvest that and it'll turn it into meat for whatever animal you were you know, raising uh, to cook with. And you can also access the ranch. You don't have to always teleport there to handle stuff. You can just, uh, you can access it through talking to merchants. So it's like a really easy thing. Uh. Um, it's, I thought I wasn't going to do it, but it's like a really easy way to get meat for your recipes. Uh, and there, you know, like I said, I'm trying to platinum this. So there's recipe trophies, but also you get a trophy for doing it the first time, but also if you can harvest 50 times. And which might sound which like doesn't sound like it's that that doesn't sound like it's that bad. Yeah, I started to say it might sound like a lot, but for this kind of mini game, it's really it's really easy. So I did that kind of stuff, and I, I've enjoyed that surprisingly because I usually don't like that. There's also a fishing mini game, and I don't Ugh. remember. Have we ever talked about fishing mini games on this podcast? I don't. Maybe you know, you know my memory. I mean, uh, yeah. I, we've talked about fishing mini games, but I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. Okay. Generally speaking here, generally speaking, I hate fishing minigames. They're my least favorite part of any JRPG, and I get really sick of Mm -hmm. seeing them in there. I know that they're popular. I know that a lot of people love them. I cannot stand them, and anytime a game has trophies related to fishing, I'm usually like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do it. And this one has a fishing trophy, and if I do not platinum trophy this game, it is because... There is a fishing trophy where you have to catch one of every fish, and there's forty four. There's forty four of them. Yeah. And are there? What are the criteria to get the rare ones? Because if it's random, that's one thing. But if you have to like make sure that it's raining at night between twelve a.m. and okay. three p.m. kind of thing, like things like Stardew Valley make you do, no, 
way. No, it's not it's not quite that bad. Generally, you can go there's not a ton of fishing locations in the game anyway, and you can you go to them and you can even view once you once you're there at the fishing location, you can even view what fish are available in there. And you can view oh. what button presses like some like spamming X a lot of times gets you like the simple fish, <laughs> the simple fish. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, but anyway, I'll tell you like, okay, you know, if you press triangle instead, you're more likely to get this fish. And it shows you like shadows that are available when you cast the line in. The rest of it is a pretty standard, mm. like fishing tension mini game where like you push a controller a certain way. You have to press right. like R1, R2, L1, that kind of thing to, at certain points to keep the fish from getting off the hook. The more species you catch, you talk to this fishing NPC and he gives you better rods, better lures, things like that. And obviously the better the rod and lure are, the more likely it is that you'll catch the rarer and harder to catch fish. They do make it somewhat easy, but at the same time, it's like I spent probably, I spent probably a good 30 minutes fishing so far and have maybe seven species of fish. Yeesh. And I'm not terribly good at it. I don't like it. You know, the Trails games, Trails of Cold Steel, have fishing mini games, and right. I never play with those. Like I, I hate those mini games so much. Like at Final Fantasy 15, I did that one so I could get the platinum for Final Fantasy I didn't, 15. I wouldn't do it. That was one of the reasons I didn't platinum it is because you had to go fishing, and I hated fishing in it so much that I was like, mm, this doesn't seem worth it. Yeah, I, I did that one. Um, and part of the reason why I'm not sure if I want to do it for this one is because I did it in Final Fantasy 15, and I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. But anyway, I just mm-hmm. I, that's like my the only part I have not liked about Tales of Arise so far is the fishing, and I just don't like fishing in any game. So, although I will say I do want to point out that you did level up a fisherman in Final Fantasy 14 for a while. Like you did get your fishing up in that and seemed to enjoy it. It was but it's just, not a mini game. I mean, that's a class. Yeah, it was just too. It was just level fifty because this was before like Heaven's Word or any of the expansions were even out, which which is weird. Yeah, that that's was like that so was, long ago. Uh, it was. Realm, yeah, I mean, that's still what I think about when I think about Final Fantasy fourteen is when we were all playing like that. A when Realm 50 Reborn. Was it. Yeah. And, yeah, Realm Reborn. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And uh, so I did do that one, but it wasn't like a mini game. It was just like you know you you caught stuff and and even with that one, I got tired of doing it somewhere around uh, before I could get to 50, I wanted to get to 50, but I got tired of doing it. And so I would just go buy the fish off the market boards and go turn them in to the free company guy to get the experience from it instead of fishing Uh, for my own, because I got really, I got tired of fishing in that game too. And I found like a, like a lazy boy exploit. I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going (laughs) to, I would, I mean, it's not an exploit, but I would, I would do it too. Like I really, I really don't enjoy fishing. Uh, I got, I got burned out in my first MMO from fishing with uh, Ultima Online, and then I people seem to love fishing in every game, and like they go crazy over it, like World of Warcraft, and I'm just like, I hate this. How do you sit here and do this for hundreds of hours? It's like I want to claw my eyes out, tr- like making three casts. Like I hate it. Really, the last thing I can say about Tales of Arise for today, and again, I don't want to get too far into spoilers, is that it feels. I mean, it's a really solid game. Again, I think it's going to be this big breakout hit for the Tell series. In a lot of ways, I can see how it, you know, parallels and mirrors some stuff that Dragon Quest Eleven did right. That I think made Dragon Quest Eleven be a success, and I think, right. I think this, you know, Tales of Arise is doing that as well. But a lot of the story to me feels a lot like Final Fantasy Thirteen. Huh. 
a lot of the environments, especially not so much the first two environments in the game, but some of the later environments look like, you know, in Final Fantasy 13, you know how there was Cocoon, which was like the, you know, technologically advanced world up in the sky. And then you had like Pulse, you had Pulse, which is like where all the wildlife lived. Uh Well, this game has that too. Um, except it's like Rena is the big, you know, technologically advanced, richy rich person thing in the sky. And then there's Dana, which is like the more natural planet. And does, stuff. does, and does the, Dana book them? I don't even get book them, Dana. It's from Hawaii. I think it's Hawaii Five O. Like book them, Dano. I've never watched Hawaii Five O. I, I do know the that's book them, Dano. I, I know the book them, Dano reference. I, I didn't get it when it was Dana, but I get what you're saying now. i'm the worst um but anyway there's a lot like there's a lot of similarities i feel like with that being played on in this game and also just some of the environments like the green the more green looking environments feel like remind me of exploring locations in pulse uh you know the skill system that they have in entails is very similar to the crystarium or whatever it's called in 13 even the even the action yeah. combat that you can kind of just like close your eyes <laughs> at in certain portions feels a lot like 13. I'm not one of those people that's just like, oh, Final Fantasy 13 is awful, but I did not like Final Fantasy 13. It's a game that I've played like twice and I'll never play again. Tales of Arise is better. If you did not like Final Fantasy 13, don't get me wrong here. Tales of Arise is way better than Final Fantasy 13. But if you do like Final Fantasy 13, then you'll probably like Tales of Arise because <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say for today's episode. I mean, that's kind of all the high points, the things I've loved about it, except for fishing, which I didn't love. But I do think that that everyone should go play Tales of Arise, even you, BJ. Oh, I will. Like, I, I have no doubt in my mind that I am going to play through this game. I've been looking forward to it since it first came out. I'm just in a I can't focus on video games phase right now. I mean, I get that. There is a demo if you ever want to try out the demo. I did not think... Oh, I didn't know. I didn't didn't know there was a demo now. I did not think the demo did the game justice. Um, I mean, I liked the demo fine, but it's the kind of demo where they dump you out about, you know, halfway through the game. You have all your characters. You have like a little side mission that's really not in the game at all. And you just, you like, just, you just do like a little, you just do some stuff. And it's like... Hmm. I much prefer the demos like Dragon Quest Elevens, where you play like the first 10 hours of the game and then it rolls over. Monster Hunter Stories 2 yeah. had that same kind of demo. I mean, it was shorter. It was like, probably like three hours worth. But either way, where you can play through the game and see it from the beginning, I prefer mm-hmm. those demos rather than just like dumping me into the middle of a game and trying to explain all these tutorials to me at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that got me to love DQ Builders too so much is because I played the demo, loved how it started, and then I was able to take, you know, my progress over. Yeah. And I loved being able to do that, so that made me buy the game. Uh-huh. Games that do what Arise does are frustrating because it it it's overwhelming when you do it. But at least it's in interesting parts of the game uh-huh. where a lot of times uh, beginnings of JRPGs are pretty boring. So thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM and on Patreon at Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. If you want to talk to me individually, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuestin. 
And you can find me on Twitter as at Professor Beej. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, the Geek to Geek podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can talk to us on Slack and Discord. Uh, we spend a lot of time on there, and you can get the links at geek2geekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week where we, I guess, are going to be talking about Dragon Quest Die because that mobile game is coming out in just a few days. Oh, cool. I, like I said, I don't even know dates right now, so that's great. Yeah. So we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Cool. Bye, all.